Welcome to the Ether. Today's Tuesday, August 2nd, 2022. Today on the Ether, the Eclipse Pad Hangout. Let's take a listen. All right. Sorry about that. It was a few minutes late. Yeah, we're still waiting on the Hutch. I don't know where you steered to. It won't let me message him because if I change accounts, then it's going to close the space. So let's just kind of get started and um, we'll flow and he might come in later. The aim of this is to kind of keep it more open and... and uh, you know, like ask questions and stuff, but kind of go a bit more flowy with it um, and more of a hangout. So, yeah, for sure. I mean, make sure I tweet out about it. I don't think I did yet. Let me see. I just got done with fiat right now, so kind of getting getting over to the crypto now. Yeah, I'm still waiting on Kraken. Still waiting on the Kraken. Um, be making a tutorial for the Kraken uh, listing, but it's still not live. The trading. I'm trying to kind of hoping for that to come out soon so I can get a tutorial out. Nice. Do you know how they did that? Like, I know, like, Juno and Osmo and that, they won't pay for listing fees or do loans or anything. So I'm assuming that maybe someone there had a decent amount of liquidity and then they're just going to open it up for people to deposit. I, I haven't looked into that, but I was just wondering... <laughs> They've probably subsidized the market making, or I'd imagine a VC's probably come in and done, and done it. Um, from some of the VC chats I've had, like a lot of them have been quite interested in Juno, and they've actually been buying market Juno as well. So I'd imagine that someone there's got some pool. Yeah, that's cool. I always like to have more than just one option or two options uh, for for people to take out crypto from IVC. So like currently, it was just mainly just uh, Adam. You know, it's, I just, the more the merrier, in my opinion. Not that I technically need it. It's just, I like having options for everyone. Yeah, it also means that people don't have to do like the three-step hop to get into Juno, which kind of like really makes it um, a lot more powerful because at the moment, jumping from Atom to Osmo to then Juno makes it pretty hard for some some beginners for sure. Yeah, exactly. There's just a lot of people, you know, unfortunately, they just want to buy it and hold it on an centralized exchange, so. You know, that'll be good for that, for the price of Juno. It'll be good for, like, um, val- if validators exit through the stacks, maybe, when there's market making, if there's deeper liquidity. Uh, it'll be good for the price, too, maybe less dumping. Yeah, for sure. So have you heard about I'm sure you've heard about it but at this point, but about the Nomad situation? Yeah, that's pretty hectic. I've always been a bit cautious of, of bridges, so... Even with Axelar USDC, I've always personally been quite cautious. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, I, I was really cautious with Nomads. Like, I don't like to talk bad about anyone, but whenever Evmos came out for the second time and they actually had the Evmos chain, the only way technically to get Evmos was through like the fusion and bringing over, bridging over like ETH or whatever. I tried a couple of times 
And at the time was when there was like a lot of congestion on Ethereum. So I think I got burned for over like a hundred hundred dollars or so for two different failed transactions. But it really, from my understanding, the it had nothing to do with Ethereum. It was like a glitch on like Nomad side. And um I just kind of ate it, but you know, they they like contacted me, had me send the transactions and everything, and they were like, Oh, we're gonna make this right. And I didn't know what that meant. I guess in their their purview, that was just to like fix whatever that happened. But I just had to wear the the hundred hundred dollars that I got, you know, got basically robbed from. And uh, and it, I mean, it it is what it is. But like, I I kind of think when someone's like, "Oh, we're gonna make this right," they're gonna like refund you because it, you know, it is what it is. But like after that, I was like, "Yeah, I don't think I'm gonna do this anymore. I'm not gonna badmouth them or, or anything like that." But uh yeah it just wasn't a I, i'm all about customer experience it wasn't a good customer experience for myself so i was like yeah i'm not gonna do this anymore bridging in general is pretty hectic um trying to figure out like the best ways of kind of integrating um bridges to come from other ecosystems that that aren't super risky i mean like there's been so many hacks and so many issues it just kind of shows you right now that it's, it's just not a good it, it right now it's not a good method right it's uh yeah it's it's just hectic like harmony nomad ronin like wormhole like they like the big ones have all been hacked and and pretty substantially too yeah it's a lot of money i think it was like 190 million dollars that's a lot of money that's yeah, like the last time i looked that's a lot <laughs> it's also the impact on the other side too like it drains like a whole asset from from a chain it's just, just nuts so um like I'm hoping, you know, we still rely on Axelot, but I'm really still hoping for um for for um native USDC, which Osmosis has said that they're gonna bring out, which um that that's gonna be really beneficial for the Cosmos ecosystem because it means that we're gonna have like a deep pool of stablecoin liquidity that we can tap into. Yeah, exactly. I mean, I've had Axler on the team and Sergey or on the show, I should say, on one of my shows. And I mean, I understand a lot of it. It's still a little bit complicated for me. Uh, not that I've done like a super deep dive, but from what I understand, it's like a general ma uh, message passing system. And then also the difference between those are, are like they actually have their own chain. They have their own validator set. It's all decentralized as opposed to, I guess, like Nomad is just kind of like one. There's like a one, uh, you know, central part. I can't even talk right now. One. Uh, spot for like failure so to speak one central point of location for that so um i don't know yeah i, I get kind of queried too like oh shit you know this is usdc but it's not native and all that type of stuff like i do have some like wrapped eth and wrapped bitcoin and stuff like that on uh on osmosis and then obviously all the usdc is technically wrapped so i mean i don't i don't know it seems like legit though. Like it's, it seems like a different process, but I, like, again, I haven't done a deep dive. I just know that it seems better than just having like a, a centralized entity holding onto your um, crypto. Oh, for sure. I'm always cautious these days after Terra and after all these bridges that it's, uh, it's definitely like good to be cautious about this stuff. Yeah, exactly. And at least with like osmosis, even hypothetically, if something like that happened, I mean, most people have it bonded. So I figure I feel like they would be able to figure something out. Uh, like, say you're you're 14 day bonded or whatever, and, and there was some sort of exploit. Like, I don't think they could just drain that, right? Because it's locked up, in theory, I would think, but I don't know. 
Yeah, hard to t- I'm not too sure for sure, but but I'm excited. I'm excited um, about things. I'm excited about uh, kind of the pattern, getting that out there in the next couple of weeks and months. Um, so yeah, it's a vibe. The cosmos is about to grow like quite rapidly, and um, not just in in protocols, but uh, user adoption. Uh, uh, we, were, we were doing the um, we, we made a list of like a lot of chains and protocols launching, and it looks like seventy plus protocols and chains being built right now it's pretty crazy yeah there's so much going on that's why like outside of ibc there's a few things that i like and i just kind of have some people that we just bounce ideas off one another but for the most part like investing wise i'm pretty much all ibc i just i just like i always preach it i just don't see a way that that's not front and center I mean, because these blockchains can't communicate with one another, and it's it's been shown so many times now with all these exploits and hacks and everything else. So, you know, it's just it's just like the language isn't compatible. And I, you know, when I meet new people that have no clue what IBC is, that's what I that's kind of like the metaphor I use. Like, uh, you know, imagine if we like all humanity spoke the same language. Like, crypto might have happened a hundred years ago, as opposed to having all these different dialects of, of language and even English and all the barriers. And, um, you know, it's as cool as it is to build a blockchain. That's like really amazing. Uh, you know, I just don't see a world that it's, um, there's only going to be one blockchain, you know? So like you need a way for all these different chains to communicate with one another. And we've already nailed that part of it. It's been working for, you know, years now. And, um, like the Luna thing was a perfect example, you know, like the stress test was significant and the tech worked, you know, the execution of the UST was a different scenario, but that had nothing to do with the technology. It was just like a, you know, an idea an implementation of a, of a game theory, so to speak, that had nothing to do with the tech. And um, yeah, so, I mean, the technology works and there's just no way that these chains in the future aren't going to use IBC to, to do that. And that's why, all the scaling solutions that were built on Ethereum use Tendermint, you know, like Polygon used their called Peppermint. And I think AVAX did too. I, I don't even know what they, they call it, but basically they're using the Cosmos SDK and the Tendermint and all that. So I guess even Binance is doing it. So it's obviously secure. Like if you have Binance and crypto.com, I think KuCoin, um, I'm not sure if there's any other centralized exchanges, but you know, they need to be secure as possible and they're using, you know, Tendermint, basically, so Cosmos SDK. So, yeah, it should get better over time as well with with validators and decentralization, uh, which is quite exciting. Uh, so we got Moiz Moizpeak. Uh, tell me if I've, I've scrolled that wrong. I think we've said that completely wrong. Uh, doesn't really matter. You can say Moizpeak. <laughs> Moizpeak doesn't really matter. Yeah. So uh, I have a, actually a question for Haas. Uh, a quick question, just because of, you know, not too knowledgeable about the IBC. Why, in your view, I mean, you see all these exploits on the bridges and things. Why do you think that the IBC is safer? I mean, why would, not, why would the IBC not be hacked as well? Well, because there's a different way that messages get passed to one another. So, like, it's in the code. So think of like one chain to another as like a decentralized postal service. And there's no way to interfere like with, with the way that data is being sent over. So there's no way to get into it and change it. So like basically the the data, because everything's, it's all pinging off of one another. And the data just knows like the, the way the code's built. 
I'm trying to say it on like a non-technical side, but basically the way the code is is built that it all the data communicates with one another. So it knows the transaction and where it's supposed to go. Now, if hypothetically there was like a lot of congestion or the relayer needed upgrade, well, the, the transaction's always going to go back to the original destination. So with like the Nomad exploits and stuff like that, they go in and they alter the contract and then they like basically what they do is they try they do like test um transactions to see which one would work so like in the nomad situation i think what they did is they exploited the code and then they tried to do different like little 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 transactions to see which one would actually work and then they like basically altered that so they can with like basically just take all the farms sorry to interrupt you Haas, but from what i read about the the nomad exploit is that it happened because it was the like a very I don't know how to say it, but like a very rookie mistake, if you will. You know, something they did like a small upgrade on one of the uh, one of the, the codes there, and that they forgot to do some testing or something. So there was something very easy that even somebody who was not, you know, well developed to be able to hack was able to do it just by replicating what somebody else had had done previously. Uh, and and this is the thing. Are, uh, I mean, the question is: Are we all susceptible at some point to human error, which was the case with Nomad? Uh, by somebody who made a, like a silly mistake from what I've read or, or is it the IBC that much safer than that, that? That's the question. Yeah. I mean, it definitely is safer now, like on a more technical side, I'm going to have to look into like giving you all the specifics about that. I just know that the data it's, it's like having oracles everywhere. All the data knows where it's supposed to go to and from, and you can't change it. Like once it's sent out, it's sent out. There's no way of like stopping that transaction because it's completely decentralized. All these chains, um, you know, they're all decentralized. There's no there's no central point of failure. So like if Juno was doing an upgrade and their chain goes down, that doesn't stop the whole entire IBC. Like IBC just keeps going. Just like think about IBC is just the way that the data communicates with one another. And since the, all those chains are running the same code, like there's like basically you can't, change the code to send it to a different wallet address like the people that exploited nomad they were able to go in there and then change like they cop basically just delete the, the address of where the you know the to and from was supposed to go to and put their own address in there and then send the funds that way you can't do that with ibc like it's just understood. from what i understand understood. you can't do that understood thank you very much for the explanation very very clear thank you yeah thank i tried my best yeah i tried my you're welcome. I tried my best on that. To be honest with you, like I'm probably uh, I don't know if I'm gonna have a Sunday show because I'm gonna be traveling. But the next time I have a show, I'm gonna have some developers on, maybe uh, even ping uh, some of the guys that are building the code and just ask them that specific question so I know inside and out why why there's a difference. But that's that's the main difference cool. is like er, like the code the code everyone's running the same code as opposed to like. You know, Ethereum's running their own code, and then Solana's running their own, own code, and now you have this like bridge that's basically in the middle of it that's holding on to this particular contract and then that contract, and and there's this essential point of failure. So it's a very easy way to like, exploit that. And um, yeah, I just don't recommend bridges at all. Like if you want if you want yeah. Ethereum and you want it, well, just get it native Ethereum and just put it in your meta mask and just let it sit there and do whatever. And same thing with like any, any of these chains, if you want Binance, uh, BNB, then get it on, get it native. Don't, don't send it over to another chain and do DeFi. Cause realistically, most of these times that the people are doing this type of stuff, 
their their yield isn't even that good, right? It's like, oh, you you send over your Ethereum from ETH to to whatever chain, and maybe you're getting five or six percent on it. And a lot of times, you have to put it in liquidity pools, and then you're subject to permanent loss, anyways. So I I mean I, I don't get me wrong I'm mainly all IBC but I mean I have some ETH I just let it sit there in my my MetaMask and just kind of just chill you know I ain't worried I'm not worried about getting four percent or five percent got it you know yeah thank you very much thank you very much Eclipse as well for letting me up and uh, I'll let you guys continue thank you. yeah vibes just feel free to ask questions and uh, kind of hang out uh, that's the plan I'm a little bit rusty today. Uh, uh, I feel like I, I've potentially got COVID. I got hit by a truck. I felt like I got hit by a truck yesterday. So I kind of popped up an hour ago and, and popped some paracetamol. And um, but I'm doing well. So thought I'd, I'd show up anyway and um, and uh, hold these spaces. And yeah. What time is it there for you? And where are you now? You're always all over the place. Uh, six twenty a.m. So six twenty six twenty three a.m. I think. Uh, I'm back in Gold Coast at the moment, but I'm about to go over to um. About it, to go over to Bali in about a week and a half, two weeks. Um, nice. semi moving there, uh, and then uh, got Neocon going to um, in Portugal, Lisbon in September, and then Colombia for Cosmoverse. So, um, nice. got pretty hectic, uh, kind of schedule in September for, for those events. Kind of keen, um, potentially see if I can actually sponsor, see if Eclipse can actually sponsor a booth at Cosmoverse. That'd be pretty sick. Depends on on raises. We're in the middle of a raise at the moment. It's doing, it's going pretty well. But um, yeah, good to see if uh, good to uh, see if we can get like a boost potentially at Cosmoverse if the timing lines up. That would be cool. Yeah, that would be cool. Get some merch or something too. Yeah, it might be too short notice for merch to be honest. But I mean, the logo looks sick. So um, yeah, I like it. Yeah, it's real cool. It actually stands out quite a lot, which is <laughs> which is helpful. Like you can kind of sticks out like a sore thumb in a good way but yeah so how's all, how's that all going like how when when do you think everything's going to be ready well the tech's actually done so um i mean even the wallet integrations are basically all done as well we've integrated uh leap falcon cosmoverse um we've integrated uh who else leap uh falcon you meant Co- i know you meant cosmos station but you said cosmoverse that's so kind of funny no, Cosmos Station, sorry. Uh, <laughs> yeah, my brain's, my brain's not having it. Cosmos Station, Leap, Falcon. And I feel like there's an... Oh, and then... I feel like there's another one that I'm missing. You guys have Citadel? No. I've been getting a few messages from a couple wallet providers. They're so going to integrate, like, obviously, a whole bunch. Um, Yeah, but there's going to be some sick integrations. Like, there's, there's some alpha that I don't want to drop too much of. Trying to keep a little bit... Uh, for for uh, like a decent reveal, and especially I've been working on the uh, Git book as well behind the scenes. But there's some really really strong integrations that'll be coming very soon that people will be like over the moon about, like nuts, crazy. So um, yeah, it, it's cool. Like the tech's done. Like the tech's been built for about nine months, so that's pretty much ready to go. We're just doing a reskin at the moment. That's going to take a little bit of time. Uh, taking like the old uh, UI that we had for Luna. And um, reskinning that in the like the kind of UI for Eclipse Pad and and changing some things and improving the flows. Um, it it really depends. Like the big thing that we're really going to be um, that's really going to be like for when we launch is going to be timing of the market and community size. So putting together a team at the moment, like really really focused on uh, building out the community and the marketing, like in a very very strong way, um, so that we can have a really really big thriving community and um, yeah. Kind of like have that so so that when we're ready to launch our first um 
IDOs, but they're they're killing it. So like that. Yeah, I'm excited for that. I'm excited for uh seeing Juno take off too. It's gonna flourish soon here. And um yeah, I'm just excited because I can't wait to see what this all kind of looks like just a year from now. I know it's not gonna be a finished product then, but I mean, just from the last summer to this summer, the amount of innovation and different things that you could do in IBC is nuts. So I can only imagine another year from now. You know, it's like when I when I first got in, uh, it's when like Osmosis launched, and really, that's all you can do is you know, Osmosis really brought IBC together. Like now, you can actually do something with your tokens. Like before, you just had Adam, and it was like, okay, well, what do I do with it? Then now it started off the DeFi, then Juno came and, you know, like every, every chain is basically not even a year old. So it's amazing to see the the development and growth because you can look at like historically with these other chains, the bigger guys right now, like Solana and even Binance Smart Chain and ETH and all that, like after one year, they were basically nothing. So like, I think the, the, the innovation curve obviously is substantially up you know, expedited compared to what they, what they were after a year. And, um, yeah, I just, I'm just, I just can't wait to see what it looks like because I thought there was going to be more chains. I was more bullish on the overall total amount of chains by end of year. Like I think I did a poll and, and I, I firmly was like, Oh, there's going to be about a hundred by next summer, which is right now. And I don't even know what we're at, like in the fifth, like low fifties maybe. And then after all the new ones, maybe a little bit more than that, but 48, still, I think, 48 live, I think. 47 or 48 live, I believe. Yeah, which time. is still a lot, though. It's a ton. I mean, there's, there's certain things that are stopping that from being higher currently. I think native stablecoin liquidity is probably one. Um, that's really important. And then, obviously, the access to RBC hasn't been there, like being able to kind of get into the ecosystem, which is kind of like stunted user kind of adoption, I think. Um I think having a pad is going to be a, make a big difference. So I talk about this a bit, like, like people don't realize how integral kind of pads, even though like the models, you know, the models kind of on other ecosystems are a little bit, um, some of them need improvement and that's kind of partly, uh, you know, it's a big thing that we're working on. Um, they're really important in terms of like projects and, and it's almost like they become these hubs for launches, right? They become these, these hubs where all these projects go to launch on chains and, um, you see them being quite quite integral to other ecosystems. So I think that's also going to help a lot. I think, you know, a lot of other ecosystems almost have edge or PTSD, uh, if you like. And so, you know, the idea of a project coming to Cosmos and, and launching their token without raising funds as uh, an airdrop is a little bit daunting or it's a little bit, um, I think, we, we don't, I think in Cosmos don't realize that that's, potentially something that a project on ETH doesn't really understand or doesn't really comprehend. Um, I know that on Terra, in the late days of Terra, everybody basically stopped doing airdrops to some capacity. Um, so it's kind of interesting. So I think that's going to be important in terms of having like this track for, for projects to launch to um, and bring in users as well. Yeah, that's a good thing. And also with like Interchain coming, you know, a, a team – if they want to have a val, you know, they don't have to have their own validator sets with that too. So that can help spin up more IBC blockchains too. So, but yeah, I mean, right now I feel, I feel like we pretty much have everything, you know, I think the next wave can be um, like play to earn games and uh, music and stuff like that. I just look at things that are going to bring people to, to crypto, you know, like you can only have so many D five things and all that. Like, it's great to have, you know, DeFi, but you know, sometimes I feel like it gets a little watered down. 
It's like, okay, you have this, like DYDX is coming over and then you have osmosis, you have different DEXs. And I, I just don't know how many more DeFi things that I, I would even want to use anymore, you know? I mean, I think we do need some improvement to the, even the Cosmos DeFi in general, like UI, UX. And I mean, like obviously platforms like Osmosis are solid and, and you know, you've got QG now and, and, and Didex and stuff, but there's still a lot of like, um, it, it's almost, I feel like uh, Cosmos still has a lot of like smaller uh, community projects or smaller projects that haven't really taken off yet. I mean, in terms of UI, UX, um, I think that will, you know, I think as well as, as you know, more funding and, and, money comes into the ecosystem that will develop. And I think um, there's a few pieces. Atero did this pretty well. Like, I mean, there was some pretty big like platforms and like Prism and um, these kind of DeFi products that come out. But I think, you know, once we kind of get more osmosis and more of these kind of platforms, it will be kind of good for adoption. Like even the Aves and the, yeah, the Didexes and stuff will be pretty cool. Yeah, for sure. And then uh, I like CFM because right now as like a trader, it's, it's kind of annoying. You have to go from like one, one chain to another to do stuff. And like aggregators are definitely the way to make life easier. And, and if IBC and Cosmos gets the multi-hop t- together, an aggregator can be so clutch. Uh, you know, I can envision having, you know, 25 different DEXs and liquidity spots in, in Cosmos. And it would be nice if that data can go real fast so you can have like actual swaps and get what you're supposed to you know they'll find the best price like they were good it's it's good whenever like like terra had so many different um places where they had liquidity so like it was easy if it's all in the same chain but it would be nice to have that feature just in all of cosmos you know reading all the data from all the different chains and you can get the best prices for everything whether it's an nft or if it's you know you want to swap your your atom to whatever or your osmo to whatever and and juno to whatever to find the best price for you yeah i was talking to zach about this actually at uh in austin um, there's there's a lot of stuff that's around the corner, which is pretty cool. Um, yeah, I mean, you've got like basically three aggregators, I think now kind of coming. So you've got uh, Coinhall, TFM, and uh, Loops also uh, got an aggregator as well. So there's a couple of them, um, definitely a couple of IBC cross-chain aggregators coming. Uh, so that's cool. Uh, we got Rekt V up. What's up? Uh, hi guys. I hope you're doing well. I've just actually come up because the thin sent a link up to space and he was saying go and show some rectals so i was like yeah show me <laughs> why, why not why not but yeah plenty of love to everyone in the cosmos ecosystem um we have plenty of people in the rectal family who are, are in the cosmos and we're actually getting a lot of people from secret network too and uh, yeah you feel free to share some alpha in the cosmos chat in the rectal discord uh, really appreciate what you guys are doing. Thanks, Legend. Good friends with the Red Dwarf guys. Uh, <laughs> gonna gonna drip feed the alpha. Cosmos, Cosmos. If you want to try and extract some alpha, I'm happy to have some. But I'm 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 gonna drip feed it for sure. Um, yeah, drip feed the alpha. Nice. Yeah. It's uh, so. What's going on with Juno? Like I. Yeah, I you know I always I obviously love Juno, but like, what's the newest projects being built right now that you're liking? What you see and hear? Well, I might be biased, but I think there's one by the name of Eclipse that's pretty good. Um, <laughs> <laughs> um, no, 
but uh, the loop, loop, obviously loop, Levana. Um, there's a ton of projects coming. I, I still have to do yet to do a deep dive that I still have to do into projects and kind of vetting the different um, vetting the different products quite heavily. Like, I mean, that's a part of a pad anyway, and kind of looking at what's kind of being launched and um, multifaceted, not just the products they're launching, but like the teams and the kind of revenue models and because there's a lot of there's a lot of projects that um, I feel like in Cosmos currently have, um, you know, it, it have a team of devs, but potentially they're working part time on the project, right? They're they're not funded or they're self funded, um, and that kind of puts like constraints on on the ability to go to a certain level. So, kind of excited, um, like a little bit of that I've talked about in previous spaces. Like part of Eclipse is actually we're building uh, an accelerator. So we're building like a like a proper accelerator where we'll be basically taking projects and, and almost creating like a pathway for success for projects. So uh, really focused on, you know, mar- especially on marketing, like the big one is about marketing and helping to gain these, put the strategy and narratives and stuff in place for, for protocols launching, but you know, helping them with funding, you know, got a, got a good track of solid uh, quality VCs, not, not, you know, the, the junk type that, that dumps on everybody from day one, but like really quality long-term cosmos focused VCs. Um, and, you know, helping projects get funding, um, helping them with their marketing, their revenue model, making sure their tokenomics are kind of in place and that they're, um, you know, going to, going to, you know, bring good value over the long term. And then really as well, like the big one that we're looking to do at the moment is, is, and this will be done through the community is build out this really strong community and discord and create a little bit of a talent incubator, if you like. So having, um, just think about like, you know, an active Discord community that has a lot of people that are, you know, that have got different talents like marketing or mods or so the idea is kind of to then become a matchmaker for talent with, you know, the projects coming through the accelerator where we may have some mods that really want to help out and they've proven themselves and we can go, hey, do you need some mods? And we can pair those with these kind of upcoming uh, projects with accelerator. And same goes with like leadership development and marketing. You might be some, you know, marketers or CMOs come through the chat that are active in the community. And really, like, focus on on kind of creating like what are the pieces needed to create a successful um, DAP or, or even company or whatever it is, right? Um, and send them through the accelerator. They come through the accelerator and then launch on the pad uh, to the community and uh, generate success. So that's kind of like the model that we're looking to go. We have we have a uh, some insane business people uh, like that will be involved with the, uh, the accelerator. I mean, guys that have you know, had billion dollar companies in the trad space and, and that no business like more than almost anyone else. So going to be kind of the combination of having blockchain crypto uh, experience and really strong business trad experience in, in like, you know, building and scaling giant companies, which will be helpful kind of to have that, I think in crypto as well, just to, to like look at revenue models and narratives and marketing and positioning uh, from that perspective. So that's, that's exciting. Yeah, for sure. I mean, one thing that I've learned in this space is it's a very, it's a very young uh, age. So like t- these teams that are building things, you know, they're all in their like young 20s and all that. And, uh, you know, I'm not, I'm not going to lie, like people in their young 20s don't know how to really run a business per se. So you said marketing, you know, that's that's what a lot of the problem is, especially in Cosmos is, is the marketing part of everything. You know, a lot of people, they don't even know anything about um you know, the tech, but also just like what's going on with it. It takes a lot of work. You know, marketing is like a lot of work, you know, Twitter, just any type of social media engagement that takes a lot of work, a lot of man hours. 
So anyone that's like trying to do things to help out like different chains and different um, applications and stuff like that's awesome. You know, that's kind of been like what I've been doing since I've been in IBC. I've been trying to help spread the IBC gospel, so to speak. And we do the shows and, you know, it's like everyone has to kind of pitch in because there really isn't a lot of VC money you know, that has, they're showing out a bunch of money for marketing and commercials and whatever else you want to say. So marketing is not necessarily the advertising and commercials though. It's, it's everything from like uh, narratives and positioning, right? Like what is the story that you're telling to your audience? And I think that's something that crypto and DeFi has lacked a lot. It's like, what, what is the like opportunity? What's the positioning and what's the story that you say? It, that is more important than even the advertising. Cause if you get the story and narrative, right? Like, Firstly, that will help with any advertising and outreach that you get, but it also like really helps you position and, and create a story for your users so they understand what you do. There's so many platforms out there that you still don't fully understand what they do or why they're needed or why they're important and why they're going to you know be a game changer, right? So that that's kind of you know a big part of marketing that's missing. And I, I mean, I would I would actually argue that like the age thing doesn't matter so much. Like obviously, there's experience that comes into this and having. The right experience. I, I think there's there's people in their early twenties that are guns at business. I think there needs to be like supporting networks of advisors that have experience in different areas. But I think the big one is the fact that there's often many platforms that are built by devs and they're also run by devs, right? And a dev like may and there's exceptions to the rule, but for the most part, a lot of there's many devs out there that aren't versed in the other parts of running and and leading a company, which is you know vision and um. And, and all those sort of, and the communication, and all this sort of stuff. So we need to pair like devs that are really good devs, but not great communicators. We need to pair them with people that are great leaders and great communicators, so that those visions can be communicated, um, so that that tech can actually be brought to life. Because your tech can be amazing, but if you can't communicate the quality of your tech, how are you actually meant to capture an audience and move people? Right? Like your idea is to move people with a story, so you need to position that tech. So something that they need and they want. Um, so that's that's a really important piece. And I think that's how kind of we put the pieces together to create success. Yeah, I agree with you with that. Because you, like you said, you can have the best tech, but if people can't understand what you're trying to do or, or whenever you as the founder come on the show and you're the main person that's always talking about it, if you can't you know, put it in layman terms, as like to say, then people aren't going to understand what's going on, you know? So I, I agree with that. That's a good approach to have. And it's much needed in this space and especially in Cosmos as it grows and gets bigger. And um, to, plus, it's it's just nice to have like a, a portal, so to speak, where you can just go one place and find out a bunch of things, you know, like with IBC and what's going on, as opposed to even like the data right now as a community member. It's so fragmented. It takes forever to find stuff like I got to go. You got to search for everything. You got to do deep dive, and there's not like there's it's it should just all be in one spot. You know, it's like every everything should just be in one spot. I know it's not really lucrative to have that, but like we should have a site where you go on, every chain is on there, everything about them, all their mediums, all their tokenomics, all their white papers, all there in the same spot, so you could just go to town as opposed to like have to go under Twitter, then you go under Twitter, you click a link tree, then you go from a link tree to click this. And it's, you know, you already wasted 10 minutes trying to find just the white paper. So yeah, I, I like that part of it. I like what you're talking about too, because it's it's so true. I mean, there's a lot of brilliant people that can code and build things and they can, you know, they, they, you, it takes a team, you know, so like no matter how good you are, 
you know, you have to be able to communicate. And I look at like, let's just use like Cardano for an example. It's been vaporware for so long, but so many people have have invested in it and put put so much into it because like Charles, you know, they they can communicate with him or they they like the way he speaks or whatever, you know. Um, so it's so true though. Like I mean, realistically, how much money was in the Cardano, and, and it was nothing. It's just it was a it was an idea, and it kind of still is an idea. And there's so much money into it still. So the best storyline, right? And the best pla- most of the most successful, like the platforms that have captured the audience in Cosmos, have good storylines. I mean, Osmosis is a good example of it. I would say it's it's more than the tech, right? And even Kuji coming up, Kuji's built a good narrative and storyline that they've communicated, which is it's really touching on having that unique, it's not just having that unique selling proposition, but it's having that unique kind of uh, story. Um, like, I mean, Kuji's uh, big proposition is grown up DeFi, right? So they've built this kind of narrative that crypto and DeFi isn't sustainable. So here's our solution and we're focused on sustainable crypto, uh, which is grown up DeFi. So that's a narrative, that's a storyline for people to buy in. Whether it's right or wrong doesn't necessarily matter. What matters is that it captures an audience and people buy into that vision and that that concept with osmosis it's really about um you know focused on you know creating a dex that is a, a sex right that that it that has the e- the ease of onboarding the use the ui ux that a sex would have so that you, new users can come in and use it and they've built that storyline around it right and and those are important cardano was the big ease killer right that was the that was the big storyline. i mean solana went that way as well but uh you know, that was for a long time. That's like the big kind of storyline. This is the East Killer. This is the East Killer. And there's other bits into it. But if you can tell stories and you can sell those visions, then you you, you really capture an audience and you capture your community. And that, that has a lot more weight than just having really good tech, but no kind of vision and storyline behind it. Yeah, I agree with that. You know, you should be able to essentially say a blockchain and then describe it in one word maybe two words three three at the most you know you shouldn't have to think like uh like all this other stuff it just needs to have needs to be concise so i agree with that part of it for sure i mean there's a lot of good platforms out there that you see but you you take a glance at their twitter and you go i don't actually know what you do right like and if if you don't know what they do do you have the intrigue to dig in further right that's the problem i see so many of these platforms around that are like I look at their Twitter and I go, I don't really understand this. It's like, I mean, I get that you do NFTs and I get that you do this, but I, I'm like confused. And like, if there isn't enough of a poor magnet, I mean, if it's a vision and mission statement, that's really intriguing. That might magnetize you to come in and kind of research it a bit more. But <laughs> some of them are just, just, it's kind of like, okay, I know that you exist, but if I don't understand it from day one, like really, really fast or quickly, or have a basic idea of your vision, then uh, I'll typically just put put it in the I think I understand basket, and you won't actually see. You could be the best, you know, selling value proposition in the entire world, but it's not going to gain traction. Yeah, for sure. And I mean, like I said, like in this space too. I mean, we I look at airdrops, right? Like airdrops are essentially just like a like a measurement to gain your uh, attention. Because in this space, so much is going on, so much is like it just always change instantly, you know. And um, if you don't have that access to like essentially make it so simple for people to understand what you're doing, they're just going to go on to the next one. And like you said, they might think about it, but then they're they're going to it's going to get lost with all the other 
things that's going on in people's lives and just like i said in crypto in general especially ibc there's just so much going on you could take a couple days off and like anything could happen you know you can wake up and there's a hack or like (laughs) there's just so much going on so if you if you're building something and you're not um good at describing what it is and and you know obviously you have to be active too like you're saying about twitter like twitter is essentially the the hub like the financial the educational slash content hub of uh, of crypto it's like that's where you everyone goes for their information i mean they might go on youtube to get to get a you know i i still feel like youtube is uh, i don't even use youtube anymore i mean it's cool but i, I if i want to know something I, i'm just i'm just going on twitter you know following the people that are the founders of a particular chain seeing what they're putting out there and i just feel like that it's easier to get instant data because it takes time to make a video, you know, like people preset stuff out in advance, like, oh, I'm going to make a video about this. Well, that's cool. But, you know, while you're doing that, like 500 things changed in crypto and people can at least tweet about it. So, yeah, I agree with you. It's like if, you, if you're you're interested in something, you go on Twitter and well, first off, they haven't even posted anything in like a week. And then you're like, uh, you yeah, know, what's going on here? And then the, you look at their tweets and it's not really anything. It's like, yeah, I don't I don't understand what you're trying to do. Yeah. The other piece that people don't realize, and this is something that we're looking to tap into, is there's a lot of communities that are, that are outside of Twitter and outside of YouTube, or, or maybe outside of Twitter, they don't get tapped into. They're really like, there's, there's a lot of retail and there's a lot of users out there that can be captured if you look in the right spots. I mean, look at Facebook groups and Facebook communities, right? When Luna Launcher was on Terra um, and we were building the whitelist, I, I made some partnerships with certain um you know, kind of groups on Facebook and brought in, you know, about a thousand members to the whitelist in a couple of days. Um, and retail users that were excited that were like, you know, that, you know, not dumpers, like holders and guys that are like really happy with long-term vision. So there's, there's a lot of like actual kind of like users and money in retail to be tapped into, but most of them aren't found on Twitter. There are many on Twitter, but it t- tends to be the same circles on Twitter. So it's about getting creative and tapping into, you know, um, like outside circles to bring into the community. And this is a big part of the plan for Eclipse is, you know, building a community on Discord, Telegram, Twitter, but really folk, we're actually going to go and expand and tap into into retail chains, on, like retail through Facebook, Instagram, other, other platforms that we, you know, understand quite well um, and capture like groups of retail. Like you go tap into a community with, you know, 100,000 people on Facebook and you might bring in, you know, 500, 1,000 really excited community members that have money that haven't been burning necessarily been burning crypto some might have uh, from buying bitcoin at the top or something but um you know those guys are going to be excited about investing in new projects and are going to bring new money into the ecosystem so there's a there's a bit of that for sure so this this price action on evmos is insane right now by the way like as we're talking i'm just like looking around and messing around on osmosis and yeah it's pretty insane (laughs) is that is that because it's like denominated in the usdc or is it because like people are exiting certain things into evmos i think it's a little bit everything i know you know how markets are people see a pump you know they probably put it on i don't use coin market cap but they probably use that and they're like oh man like the price of of evmos is huge like let's buy it now you know that's what people do they buy shit when it bumps up for whatever reason which should be the opposite way around but also yeah i was pumping up because i guess like what they all had to do on Evmos, uh, the chain of Evmos, was the to swap all the Nomad 
uh, assets into Evmo. So it made it pump real hard because it was like millions and millions of dollars of, of, of buying Evmos. But, you know, like in my opinion, the price will go back down to what it was before. And it'll, it'll, you know, go down even probably a little bit lower. And there's going to be a lot of sell pressure, I would think. You know, I could be wrong, but it's just so highly inflationary as it is. You know, like I'm not gonna lie, I've been basically for I don't know a while now. I've been swapping my Evmos, you know, my Epoch Evmos every day into either like I've been grabbing some Adam, grabbing some Juno, stacking more Osmo, whatever I want. Really, it just gives you more flexibility right now. I mean, people are just compounding, compounding. I mean, it's what what's whatever floats your boat, you know. I've been just trying to accumulate Juno, to be honest with you, because I I I like what the I think Juno has like the opportunity to be something really special. Could be wrong, you know, like it could be nothing in the future, but I think it has a lot going for it. So I've been just kind of stacking it. I like the tokenomics of it too. It's a little highly inflationary right now, but eventually that's going to change real soon here. I think within, you would know that probably a couple of months, I think it changes. I don't keep too much track, but I think uh, as more stuff is built on top of it, it make a big difference, you know, using the underlying stuff. There's, there's really not much built on juno so far there is i mean dada's awesome and, and there's some cool dapps but uh in general there's still a lot to come so i think that's going to really make a you know difference i think as more ta platforms are built um like like top tier platforms are built on top of um chains it's going to make a difference like look at mars mars hub mars is going to make a big difference mars mars umi like money markets are going to be huge for DeFi and, and uh leverage and stuff that's going to be quite powerful so kind of exciting uh, I noticed we've got Big Man up as well. Welcome, man. How are you doing? And guys, if you um want to chat or have questions and stuff, feel free to jump up too. Hey, I, uh, hey, Simon. Hey, guys. Um, yeah, Simon. I hope you're feeling all right, man. I got uh, COVID a couple of weeks ago. That definitely hit me like a truck as well. Uh, <laughs> just uh, my tip, I guess, is stay hydrated, man. That's uh, that was the biggest lesson I learned. I had to drink so many gallons of water just to stay conscious, but. Uh, if it's anything like what I had, it just went over in a couple of days. Uh, but uh, yeah, I wish you best of luck on that one. Um, yeah, I guess just kind of going back to a previous point we were talking about um, with like, you know, different education and communication platforms. Um, I mean, Simon already knows this, but like my story, I guess, of like I was just looking at, I was pure normie, pure retail, just going in like, oh, shoot, like what is this liquidity yield farming thing that I keep seeing pop up on my uh, YouTube recommended feeds? And and then eventually I kind of like dug down into the hole and found, you know, Cosmos after weeks of just going down that trail. Um, and then, of course, like really falling in love with DeFi and crypto. But I think, you know, Simon's definitely right. Like there is so many, so many people like I have like a plenty of developer friends that aren't in crypto at all, but just regular app development. And they still use Facebook and they still use YouTube. And there's like entire communities of people. Um, I'd say like 99.99% of people that, um, you know, get into into crypto and into DeFi, just that they will never get into it through twitter because like for me i even barely ever use twitter like uh, it, was, it was like oh this is where all the crypto talks going down so i need to get onto it like it kind of forced me into it because i was more of a hardcore mindset but i think a lot of other people um that are yet to to enter the space like we have to reach them where they're at um and show what the potential is like twitter's not a very easy medium to digest information whatsoever it's like not 
cut and dry. You really have to know what you're looking for and like know the right people. Once you're in the space, obviously it makes sense. And it's like, oh, okay, like you can follow these guys, dig past their, you know, history and tweets and all this sort of stuff, figure out what's going on. But I think to get like the next generation of people and realistically, like, I, I don't know, like, I think we, as people that get like, as mentioned, like the developer mindset where we're just like thinking about building things, but we're not really thinking about like what it's being built for. Um, I think, you know, people in crypto forget what it's about. It's not just about like trying to find the next pump, you know, project that is going to pump. Like that's really stupid and doesn't lead to anything that's going to change the world. Right. I guess just numbers and we're trying to like be in this insular little community. It's not helping anybody. But um, the way I see it is just like we're like in the late 1990s and, you know, like maybe some some, or like, I guess, early 1990s, like some of the, uh, you know, universities and military agencies have this thing called the Internet. And they're like, cool, what are the new functions we can do for ourselves? But they really don't have any idea like the impact it's going to make on the world. Uh, So it's like we have to bring it out to everyone. And, uh, you know, like I'm really interested in seeing how like loops are going to do with, with their like actual IRL parties and things like that, reaching people where they're at. But uh, yeah, I think that uh, just utilizing all sorts of different mediums, especially like the education platform uh, with YouTube, but I guess even with like loop learn has their cool stuff that was really easy to share. Cause if it's going to be shared, it's going to be shared from people from the community to others and the uh, different, the, the more simplified, the, the programs are uh, better, I think, in my opinion. But I guess that's my and two cents. That's how you found crypto, hey? Actually, you you uh, you we met in Austin, and you met that's that's like really crazy story. Uh, how you just stumbled upon one of the like earlier videos made for Loop Learn, uh, and that just got you into crypto and and uh, and actually Terra and the demise of Terra, sadly, but into crypto and DeFi. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, and like for sure, like that was. In my opinion, like it's it cost heavy, right? I mean, you know, with Terra, like I was more bullish. Like it was kind of funny because I was like, oh man, I'm like really bullish on this uh, on this loop stuff because like, um, you know, I was really I was coming from more of a traditional stock trading platform, and and so I was like looking at history and experience and uh, profits and the different you know um, business models and things like that. And so like, okay, cool. So I can transfer it mine in in you know my experience from regular stock trading to, to crypto is my mindset. But yeah, then I was like, oh, well, I guess I got to diversify. And so I diversified into other, you know, uh, Terra projects and Luna. <laughs> and that made me a lot of money for a little bit. And then unfortunately it didn't. <laughs> so that was uh, interesting, but, you know, still like really happy that I found Loop. Um, most Mostly too, I'm really happy that I found DeFi and that, that really like, I know that's uh, alleviated a lot of um, like concerns with what I want to do eventually in, in the business world and realize there's entire communities of people that think the same way and want to see the same vision. Um, but yeah, yeah. Uh, just, just getting on YouTube, like that's where I think we forget, right? Cause if you just, we just get used like, like 100%, I'm always on Twitter now uh, <laughs> for better or for worse, but like, yeah, I used to always be on YouTube if I want to do research or just like Googling things. And that's like where we still have to be on the front pages of Google and Facebook and YouTube and wherever people are at, because that's where people are still at. So got to utilize where they're at. It gets insular otherwise, right? Like um, Twitter, you reach within the similar circles and, and stuff, which is great when you want early adoption. Uh, but then when you're kind of looking to Get from like you can get users from other chains as well through Twitter um, and stuff. But then when you want to go further than that, 
I mean, you're going to need to tap into other kind of sources of, of bringing users. I mean, Australia, for example, has a fair few crypto buyers and users, uh, and they don't uh, <laughs> they don't use they don't use uh, they don't use Twitter here. Like Twitter in Australia is like foreign. It doesn't it doesn't really get used much. So um, it's quite interesting to see that. But it's going to be exciting tapping into kind of Facebook communities and different communities to bring in users. I think launchpads are good for that. Um, Launchpads, retail typically loves launchpads. If you just think of like, typically they can be like a good quality launchpad can be like a great matchmaking service for investors and projects if you like. Um, you know, especially retail users or users that are looking to kind of invest into like quality projects and, and kind of the next thing. It's sometimes hard for them to research and vet and figure out where to go. Like, how do I find a great project? Like, what does a great project look like? And many kind of struggle. They go to YouTube, they go to all this stuff to kind of figure out what a great project is. And they want to kind of put their money to work on something and get into something early, but they don't know where to go. A good quality launchpad that, that can vet projects quite well can actually kind of act as this great, this great matchmaking between investors that are looking to get into great projects. And then, you know, great projects that are coming in that are looking for investors and kind of a new audience when they launch. So it's kind of pretty cool that if you can create like that kind of, really good bridge you can actually go hey if you get a good track record of launching successful projects or projects that are that are good value long term and not just i don't just mean like a big pump in price and this is an issue that launch pads have had on a lot of ecosystems is they launch with a really they launch projects with really low floats and they go 100x and then they dump because the supply is so low and launch like we, do, we definitely want to avoid that but just in like terms of finding and launching really good quality projects and getting a track record of launching t1 project then investors like see that there's there's you know good quality in this, and then they they flock to it and they invest more. Um, so it's kind of cool to be able to kind of create like if you like the Tinder for investing. <laughs> That's really funny, the Tinder of investing. Uh, yeah, I think I think uh, yeah, definitely spot on with that. Um, and I, I think a lot of people kind of agree and have, you know mentioned it. Like crypto is really only going to succeed when people don't even realize they're using it. And when uh, you're able to just present these projects to people and be like, this is the real world use case of what this project is going to do for you. It's like, you know, I was thinking about it uh, the other day. I was like, how much of the technology do I use day to day that I literally have no idea how it operates? Like, I, I don't even understand how, you know, 50% of my physical body organs, you know, work, but they do. And I'm thankful for them. And I just use them in like my microwave. Like, I barely understand how that works but you know i used every day uh and, and so it's like this technology is only really going to flourish when we're able to reach people and just present them with like well this is a microwave it makes your food really fast you know uh, cooks your food really fast and you're able to heat it up instantly and it's like okay that's all i need to know like here's the three four buttons that i actually have to understand on this thing and like that's i think you know like where robin hood in my opinion like went wrong is that like they only presented a couple you know crypto projects but they had this like huge platform for just retail investors to get involved and they didn't really present a lot. Of, I don't know what the it, legal it's complications laws. Stuff, it's secure, Yeah, it's securities laws. Um, ah, you, you're yeah, seeing Coinbase getting hammered with, you're getting Coinbase, seeing Coinbase getting hammered with stuff right now. It's, it's in the US, it's really, it seems to be really tough. Um, that's also, also an issue of launch pads in the US. Like um, this is something that we're going to have to navigate at some point. Um, around like this, 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 it's just a huge battle um, with the SEC and launchpads. Early stages, it, we, we'll be able to kind of navigate that um, because uh, we've able to kind of have like travel rule for, for KYC and stuff. But I think past 
like past a certain growth phase, it's gonna it's gonna kind of get interesting um, with US users because I think like the, it's 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 just a nightmare. Like um like you know kind of like being only being able to kind of service accredited investors if you're like registered with SEC and kind of stuff like that. So yeah, it's gonna be interesting to see how how kind of navigate that. But um yeah, it's kind of hard for US users for sure. Yeah, I think that's. And it's, it's like, I think that's even more important to mass adoption, in my opinion, like than even just getting like the regular stable coins. And, you know, it's just like if that regulation piece falls in then instantaneously, just, you know, trillions of dollars will just be like interested in looking at what the new projects are. But uh, yeah, no, it's, uh, yeah, I'm curious to see how it works out. I think, I think the a decent idea and I just spitball on top of the head right now, but I think the the places that might be the best to like push into are like very small developing countries that have nothing left to lose. And you kind of see that with like, even like we were talking about Cardano and they were using, um, I forget what country they were in in Africa, but there was a, there was a country in Africa. They were able to get their um, student like uh, diplomas basically put onto blockchain. And that was like a really huge win for them. And I think a really, you know, important step for, for just blockchain technology and crypto in general. Um, Ken- is like Kenya, part- Kenya, I think I could be wrong on that though, but I think it was Kenya. Um, oh, that's, that's yeah. cool. Yeah. Latam's good. And uh, Loop's pushing quite hard into Colombia and Latam, which um, Latam's huge in, for the, the exact same reasons, right? Nice. Yeah. Yeah. I see, you know, too, like, uh, was it, uh, oh, it was the other, <laughs> I think it, was, it wasn't Venezuela, but uh, there's another country where the, the, their prime minister, president, whoever's like really big into Bitcoin. There's a lot of them in South El America. Salvador. El Salvador. Yeah. El Salvador. Salvador. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah no i think that that'll be kind of like oh cool because like if you're seeing massive success like uh in these small countries it wouldn't even have to come in my opinion it wouldn't even have to come from small uh you know venture capitalist firms or or just you know even crypto uh companies to push for regulation you know deregulation or regulation whatever you want to call it in big countries like you know in europe and in america i think that you'll see the success happen in those countries and then you'll have really big investors and really big institutions that will say oh wow like look at where we're missing out on this is like the you know the next frontier for finance we need this to happen we're going to push for that regulation i think that it'll be easier to emulate and push for when we see successes in and far more open countries um but i guess time will tell so we'll, we'll see yeah vibes does anyone else want to jump up and speak? We're probably going to like maybe wrap up in about 15 or so. I've um, got another call to get on, um, got some calls in the morning, but um, yeah, maybe 10 or 15 minutes. If crew want to like jump up, ask some questions, add some value, um, just kind of keeping it lighter today. Uh, you know, we've done a few AMAs like every week, kind of like ask me anything kind of interviews, but we kind of wanted to keep it more as a hangout this week and um, talk about like maybe some different things that what we normally talk about um you know i really want to talk more about like community side um less than mechanics um uh, which is always a bit of fun uh like to like really really for us i think the the goal is to build a very very strong and thriving community first like a community that goes bigger than just uh the, then bigger than the, just the protocol uh because we see that as being really like key and important um so you know like i mean you look at really good nft communities look at record Wolf even like i see there's a couple of you guys on here um it's just like really focusing on the community and, and focus on that engagement and focus on kind of building a bit of a family. And I, I don't see many, as many protocols do that. And I think that's really important. And I think that's 
something that we can um, really learn from. Um, you know, we'll have uh, Super Terra jumping on as as you know, head of community and kind of getting really involved as well. So it's going to be really helpful. So yeah. Hey guys, uh, have a question now that you mentioned community building and everything. Um, sorry, my throat's a bit bad. I've got the Rona. <clears throat> I'm curious as to how a DeFi protocol is able to build a community uh, similar to how an NFT project is able to build. For example, in terms of Rectwolf, um, we didn't really care about the blockchain that we were we were on. Like obviously, we were quite hurt by Luna, the collapse, and everything. But at the same time, there was no hesitation in moving to Ethereum, and we did what was best for the community members, and that's what the founders did. The core team they put the community first. However, in terms of the DeFi protocols, I'm not sure if it's uh, if that's what can work. And it seems like it's more reliant on the tokenomics and the tokens and like ensuring that more people buy the tokens and all of it, it kind of, sorry if it comes off as rude or anything, but it comes off as a Ponzi scheme or something, a pyramid scheme, I say. I hope what I said makes sense. Could you maybe elaborate on that a little bit? I'm, I'm not sure I understand uh, what you're mentioning. So, 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 so to, to to simplify it, how would a DeFi protocol be able to build a similar community to an NFT project when the NFT project isn't really reliant on the blockchain that it's on? It's about people. It's it's like anything, right? It's about people, right? So you're building communities of people that have like-minded interests and um, you know, engage and are there to kind of get close, like. I mean, it's the same thing with an NFT community, right? Like it builds a community around, you know, obviously it's built around, you know, PFPs and, and this particular NFT, but it goes so much further than that, right? It becomes about like the, the bonds and the and the connections that you create. And it, it's sparked by that common interest piece, um, which is, you know, NFTs and traits and all this sort of stuff, right? But it's like it's like anything, like a DeFi protocol um, as opposed to, you know, like an NFT. It's just, what, what are you focusing on, right? Like NFTs grow because they've got like, They've got really strong communities because they're focused on building communities. They're focused on the engagement. They're focused on the people. Um, some DeFi protocols are as well, but there's more focus on the tech and there's more focus on like, that development. But I believe you can have both. And that's kind of really going to be a big focus of us. I mean, a, a launchpad is also a little bit different because launchpads are community, uh, like communities, everything on a launchpad, right? Like it's about having that, that strength. But yeah. I think what I was trying to get at was uh, in in terms of NFT projects, for example, Rex Wolf, we only have uh, 2,222 wolves right now. And uh, I think there's around 900 <coughs> unique owners or something. And with the DeFi protocols and their tokens, uh, obviously they can be people who hold a very small number and then they can be some massive whales They too um, ah i get you i get you no no so it wouldn't be gated so uh, when i mean like an nft project community i don't mean it would be gated to just the token holders what i mean is replicating some of the success of the close family that a uh, nft project has so not just going hey you need to have this many tokens to be part of the community like that's not at all what we'd be looking to do it's more about focusing on um, focusing on really the, the engagement pieces and stuff that NFT projects do really well, which is the discords, um, creating chats, creating common interests, and just bringing people together, right? That's the key.
Personally, to, to be honest, I, I really think that DeFi protocols would really, really struggle to build the same intimate communities that NFT projects are able to build. But then again, that's my opinion. Um, but well, well, keep, keep your it, eyes peeled. Keep your eyes peeled. I'll tell you that. Definitely, definitely will. Definitely will. Cheers, guys. I was, I was just going to add to that. Hey, guys, um, how you doing? Um, to be here so i was just going to add to that right um or answer that basically um the, the pro my from my point of view um the problem with DeFi protocols is they focus more on um on the incentives that they get that's basically what they used to attract liquidity <clears throat> and when you have that focus at the inception of a project it always brings in um People that are not around for the community while trying to make a quick buck. Right? The problem right now with the whole space is um, lo loads of people think the, the space is a casino, right? They want to come make, you know, be financially free with a couple hundred dollars and they feel they can make a million dollars and all of that because this is what DeFi protocols promise them, right? When you start a project and you're promising to give like, um, you know, all those protocols, I'm not going to mention no names now, but giving 45,000% APY, million percent APY, it's going to bring in weird people, 100%. And, this, and people like that <clears throat> are not worried about the community. They're worried about how much they can make, you know, and this is where the problem is. The difference between NFT communities or NFT um, build communities is because for the most part, especially the organic projects, they build from scratch. Everybody builds together, right? And, 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 and I know that's what Eclipse is trying to do. Um, a community that builds together stays together. We look around the, in the beer market right now. It's a beer market right now. The only communities that have lasted are the ones that build together. You know, if you start from inception with um, each community member contributing and giving value, it's going to be a community full with value. But if it's, a, if it's a community that just deals with, oh, exchanging of funds and trying to, you know, um, we're all going to make it and when moon, it's not going to last. Unfortunately, this is, this is a lot of protocol in the DeFi space. Most people are bees. They move from one protocol to the next protocol trying to get yields, running around trying to, you know, accumulate yield and and. Or where's the next place that is giving you know all of that? And this is this, this was the problem with Terra too. As much as we love Terra, and believe me, I love Terra. As much as we loved it, it failed because it grew too fast and we couldn't handle it. That's just a fact, right? Apart from other things that happened with it, right? But that's not the you know point. The point is the community you built. That's why it was so easy. Apart from the the yes, there were issues and there were problems and all of that but how quick we were to get to to, to you know to go to you you was to flip to a bank run was really was was, was impressive <laughs> i'm going to say it, not to say another word because but that just shows the amount the kind of people that were there terra um the 20 percent yield from uncle brought a lot of interesting people to the to the, to the ecosystem you know the original lunatics, the builders of Terra, suffered for that. You know, what what I think we're hoping to build with Eclipse is 
learning from terror, learning from other DeFi projects, and be building a value-based community project. You know, that way everybody's involved to build something that everybody can use and can last. You know, something that is not gated. Um, it's not. Um, it's inclusive as much as we can, but it's based on fundamentals and based on a lot of research. So, you know, I think that is what Eclipse is trying to be. So, yeah, like what you focus on expands, right? Like, are you focused on? I mean, look, Juno's got a great community. Uh, Terra had a great community, and you can build a great community that's not necessarily just based on your product, right? You focus on if you focus on the people and you focus on the community and you put the right things in place to nurture and flourish and you know and obviously build a community you will build a community obviously like that nick the caveats right if you if you're a protocol and you build a community and then you burn your community through your protocol uh then obviously you're going to destroy your it's going to wreck your community right um but it's my belief that communities can be built anywhere around almost anything um but you need to focus on them and you need to like really like water that seed and have the you know the right people and the right like create the right kind of environment for that to kind of thrive. Um, yeah, I mean, there's Facebook communities for all sorts of niche things, right? I mean, you could, you could find like a, like a Facebook community for one, one legged arches. Like that's probably a thing, right? There's communities everywhere. And that, that kind of rally around uh, like like-minded and, and common interests. And that's really where you focus on and nurturing that is, is how you do it. And I think, the the goal is to build a community that's bigger than just the protocol. Will that benefit the protocol? Sure. Will that benefit like the vision? Sure. But if you focus on that being bigger than just the product, uh, that's quite powerful. And uh, and notice Berserk is up. Welcome. Yeah. Thanks, Simon. Thanks for organizing Twitter Spaces. I didn't know it was you, but your voice, you know, so <laughs> recognized it afterwards. Um, just small example for this on. Uh, I'm not sure we can call it a DeFi protocol, but that succeeded in building a community without necessarily having a, a PFP attached to it. And uh, I guess maybe it's not the best example, but it's Luart. I don't know if you remember, but as a launchpad, uh, they had, you know, a, a very strong community. People loved Luart for the name. They had the Luart trait and people got behind that community. They used to do a lot of AMAs, Twitter spaces, uh, activities for the community, uh, even without the token, right? And uh, I think they were really good as a launchpad to do that community building. So when projects did launch on their platform, people kind of trusted them a lot because they were kind of the friends from the crypto community uh, or the back in the days, the Terra NFT community until the whole cousin thing came out. And that you know, just <laughs> blew up and, and kind of wrecked and burdened the community. But before that, I think they were doing a really excellent job without having a token, without having, well, they did have a token later on, but initially they didn't have a token. They didn't have an NFT. It just had like a Discord group and, and uh, Twitter spaces. Um, so people enjoyed that community a lot. And I think that was a great example of, in my opinion, on how a launchpad should kind of nurture their community if we forget the cousin thing, I think th they did a really good job. So, so that kind of reminded me of that example of a, a protocol that built around the community. It's a bit of a shame though, because Aston was actually a gun. Like, <laughs> even though like, he did all these dodge stuff behind the scenes and all this stuff going on, he was like 
very responsible for helping to build that like community and to build out the marketing and uh, stuff that, you know, that Luat was uh, like, he was a gun. Like I, I remember watching him and doing, uh, setting up all these surveys and, and kind of building out, being in spaces and doing things. And yeah, they managed to build up. But although like Luat was more based around NFTs, I think launchpads in general tend to have quite strong communities. Uh, they, their protocols that really focus on communities. I mean, they're, they're communities are the heart of launchpads in general. So you typically get that. Um, but yeah, you're right. Like Luat was pretty good with that. And the way they positioned themselves uh, really kind of helped and they got like good, pro- good quality projects. Um, but then shot themselves in the foot. Yeah, so I guess, you know, the, the solution, or I, maybe it's really naive of me to say, but hiring a community manager for a DeFi protocol and someone that's very qualified at at it is is definitely a huge plus for the long term uh, for launch pads and, and, and protocols in general. And, and most of the time you don't see that, right? I, I don't know if there was a community a- manager for Anchor Protocol. They didn't need one, but... Um, you know, <laughs> if we're going back to those, uh, you know, some of these DeFi protocols lacking a bit of personality, I think uh, that can be definitely fixed and uh, don't really need uh, to have that PFP NFT, uh, you know, to, to identify yourself with that community. I agree with that. So I- interesting point. So thanks. Oh my God. Like, thank you for saying that. Cause I've been saying this for a while. I, I call it like culture building, right? Um, and more platforms would benefit greatly from bringing on someone with personality that kind of acts as that community magnet. And I know Nina's laughing because I've said this like a million times um, that it's, it's literally just having someone to grind the Twitter who's got personality. And I mean, this is what I've been doing with Eclipse, even myself, right? Um, I mean, obviously I've got a lot, million things to do, so I'm not going to be able to do that forever. Um, but, you know, like having someone who's personable, who can chat, who can add humor, who can engage, um, and who really just magnetizes people to the community. Um, even just talking like gifts and just talking about random things and jumping on spaces and having hangouts. People love that stuff and they love to belong. So that's really important. Um, we're actually, um, you know, uh, Super Terror is going to come on to be a uh, head of community uh, for Clips. So we're still in early days, but that's going to be kind of an important piece around um, building out um, this, you know, this really strong community. And then obviously bringing on uh, magnets to the community that are like really strong people that have strong personalities who are kind of out there, who, who love people and who are literally just there to, to grind the Discord and Twitters and kind of hang out and create, you know, kind of games and engagement and all sorts of stuff. So there's really a strong strategy around community building. Um, Eclipse is really going to focus hard on, on the community side and have a whole uh, kind of like section dedicated to that. Um, the other piece is marketing. So marketing, I see it as slightly different. It kind of overlaps, but marketing's like the reach, right? How can you um, bring in new users from the ecosystems? How can you get more attention outside of the ecosystem um, and then have that tie into the community and the community creates stickiness? So we create like stickiness in the community. We create a community that is um, thriving and bigger than just the protocol. Um, bring in, you know, users through marketing channels and different kind of platforms like Facebook and, and things bring them into the community, create stickiness. And then through it, we can add a lot, get a lot of value out of the community because we can actually, and I mentioned this at the start of the call, the idea is uh, running an accelerator. We can actually source talent from within the community to match up with projects that are coming through the accelerator. So, you know, great mods or great marketers or even more community magnets. Um, we can actually kind of bring projects through the accelerator and pair them up with the right people 
and you know create a, a like a blueprint for success so yeah it's so important it's so so important yeah and i i think um um for the most part it's um it takes like a tree doesn't make a forest right you know it takes it takes work it takes commitment it takes dedication is um different people handling different things you know um everybody has their strong suits everybody has you know there's something you can bring to the table right you know i i think from from hanging around different nft projects and talking to different people i think most people will gravitate to something that has value where value is on on the front of everything people want to be there right so if you build a community of people that are cheerful, that have value, that can give something to you, you know, for the most part, nobody's trying to get anything. We're just building, right? If you can gather a congregation of other builders together, it makes it easier. It makes it fun. You know, when you, when you have different people that like building and, and just want to be around each other and want to help other people, it, it's, it's good energy. Right, and good energy always attracts good energy. At the end of the day, you want to build a, a community based on that, you know. So, hey, humor, um, bands, you know, chills, you know, we do things together, we laugh, we fight, you know, and all of that. That 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 is what makes a good community. Yeah, problems will definitely come, disagreements will happen, but you know, the um, being. Um, you know, being merged together, being, being building with each other is going to help us, you know, basically overcome all of that because it's going to happen, right? We, that's, this is one, one thing a lot of people forget, right? You know, most of the communities I've been in is when it's all good and dandy, when we're building and everything is fine and we're, everybody's having fun, numbers go up, everybody's happy. But when everything hits the fan and when there's some kind of problem, people fall around the way. So it's all about commitment. It's all about consistency. That's what builds a community, you know. So just push, keep pushing that, and keep doing that. Everybody will be fine. I think so. Damn, a wild Nina has just popped up. I literally have three minutes though, so uh, <laughs> I'm going to call it half past. So uh, thank you, thank you for for giving me uh, a limited time because if not, we can stay here like for hours, guys. <laughs> so, uh, no, basically, like this conversation that you guys are having is half of our meetings with Simon, <laughs> to be honest. Uh, so it's very entertaining uh, to see also like the perspectives that you guys have. And yeah, like whenever you build a community, um, it's very different to have like a, just people that like the product uh, than to have a community. A community actually builds its own narratives. They build its own times. Uh, they they create like these kind of um, narratives where there is like heroes and villains and things like that. Uh, so those things are not really easy to build. And we start to do that basically by doing things like this. So just by getting together and starting to talk about something um, and being free of adding more topics and discuss around those topics and be free to say like, hey, how was your week? If you want to, it gets to be much more personal, which is something that a lot of the protocols lack. 
because they don't focus that much on communities. But uh, when we are talking about like NFT projects and launchpads, of course they have to focus in community and the community is what makes them strong. Um, so I really like, uh, it's not only because it's Simon and I love him, but I really like the job that he's doing here. Um, and I'm happy that we are building this community from scratch. It's, it's beautiful to see how the narratives start to get in and how the same people like start to come and to talk more. And that that's something very important that we encourage each other just to come here and to talk and to share our opinions and to also give some feedback because the most important thing for launchpads and NFT projects, and even the protocols, is the feedback of the people. So if we are that close to people that we can actually receive that feedback and that our community can be uh, very sincere with us, we are winning. So yeah, I think that was three minutes. Um, I'm sweating. <laughs> I, I run out of air, so. <laughs> Epic, must be that COVID recovery. Uh, True. <laughs> I'm quick as a dog right now, but I, I it tested negative it COVID, so I don't know. I have got it. Uh oh, sorry. Yeah, <laughs> no, but it's okay. I have more time to join these spaces. Not true. I'm pretty sure. I'm pretty <laughs> sure I got COVID when when I seen you guys in Texas. I didn't test positive for it, but I I never felt like that in my life, and I never get sick. I came home and I was getting migraines every single day, like the worst migraines you can ever get. I felt like I was concussed every day. And I just had like this really irritating cough that didn't go away. And like you guys, like some of you are saying about being drained, I felt the same way. And I just kept drinking so much water. And, uh, and I always felt dehydrated, right? Like I would pound water, so much water. Like I drank so much water that I didn't even get good sleep because I'd have to keep waking up in the middle of my sleep and go to the bathroom. It was miserable, man. Like I, what I would suggest to do is crush water, but like get out in the sun and like literally just sweat and just get it out of you. Like that's probably the best way of getting it out of you is to sweat. Like if you have access to go to a sauna, go sit in a sauna and just like, you know, just crush water the whole time. Are you, sure, are you sure that wasn't just the tequila that I was giving you at all? <laughs> you you gave me something. Hey, you guys gave me something, man. Because I, it was right after it was OsmoCon. I remember I left early because I just man, my head started hurting. I was like, oh, I'm just getting a migraine. I'm gonna get back to the house, take some Excedrin, and just relax for a few hours. Nope. Didn't happen, man. Like I went back and then I had to sit in my room all night. And then the, the, the whole, that next day I just pretty much pissed it away. And then I struggled just to get a flight home early to get home. And then, like I said, it took me a while, man. Like I still, I swear, I still don't even feel a hundred percent. And that, and, and Texas was like June 7th to whatever day it was. So, I mean, that's a, almost a whole entire month ago. And I still don't feel a hundred percent. You're not giving me hopes. No, you'll be fine. You'll probably you'll be fine, Nina. Yeah. I'm, I'm, I'm I always look fine. That doesn't mean I'm fine. <laughs> Just don't be on the computer all day long. You know what I mean? Like, get out in the sun. Like, that's probably my problem was, is I got home and I was like, oh, I missed a whole week pretty much of, like, crypto and I was just trying to push myself too hard. I, I had to take time off because I, I couldn't do it anymore. Like I, I was trying to hop on shows and I would do just like a one week show like on a Sunday 
and it would go for two hours and my whole rest of my Sunday would be so wrecked. I would, I'd tell my wife like, Oh, I don't feel good. And I would go lay in the bed with like, with literally a washcloth on my head for like an hour. And then I would feel better. And then I would get up and just like, it, it was horrible. So definitely get out, get outside as much as possible for sure. Hey, love See, you guys. Some people, but, some people but, say don't go out, and some others say go out. So <laughs> I don't know what to do. I'm very confused now, right now. Sorry, I love you guys. Um, I actually have to jump on another meeting. Sorry for interrupting. No, um, you're good. Same here, man. <laughs> I have a meeting I need to jump on. So, uh, yeah, I look. Thanks for for hosting this uh, Cosmos host. Thanks for everyone who jumped on to speak. Um, I really like kind of like the format of this as well. I wanted to make it more of an informal kind of um, session where, you know, we kind of hung out and talked about different things and talked about Launchpad a little bit we did, but really about like different things, which is about community building. So um, thanks everyone who shared their time. And I look forward to kind of seeing you guys around as we uh, build out a really strong community, um, which is, you know, really the plan. So looking forward to it. All right, Simon. Yeah, nice seeing you guys and hearing from you guys. And always keep me in touch because I do like to kind of chill because my, my shows are always just straight tech. So it's kind of nice just to kick back and chill out a little bit. So thanks for the invite. Anytime. Take care, Bye. everyone. Thanks for checking out another episode of The Ether. That was the Eclipse Pad Hangout, hosted by Simon Chadwick and Cosmos Haas, recorded on Tuesday, August 2nd, 2022. For TerraSpaces.org, I'm Finn. Thanks for listening. Sipping on a little bit of sin I've been giving Try to keep it written down So it feels like I've been living I've been realizing a minute Reality ain't got limits Going out my fucking mind Testing out the physics Stretching out the distance For instance Let me be specific The risk is hedge funding the business Betting on the difference Ingesting all the research Sleeping through the rebirth Sliding out feet first Sleep tight little dreamer Early to bed Early to rise With a rugged ass demeanor Taking beats to the cleaners You know I love my t-shirts And the people who support my little dream here Transparent cows, I gotta steer clear 2020 going down is one fucking weird year Take a second, look around, the psyops is winning Set the table, we just biopsy dinner Now, I'm gonna react to that and act like I'm telling you a personal anecdote Something to break the tension Something to endear myself a little bit Something kind of, uh, embarrassing <laughs> And you guys are gonna make an aw sound it's true. It really happened. They got a tracker in the phone, tracking everywhere we go. When it's final, if I don't know, I already sold my soul. Getting ready, rock and roll, tip the first domino. Feeling abominable with these avalanche flows. Stop and rest on the road, gotta get where I'm going. And the rest of y'all know that we hit the ground sore. And I'll be coming for the fuckers that be summoning the trouble. Running on the double while I'm handing out the W's. Putting wins on the board every fucking day. They love me on the team because I know my fucking place. Better get in where you fit in, I'm delivering the meaning. I inherited the demons, always sneaky, never seen them. If I'm breathing, I'm reading, I'm not even being conceited. I need to see for myself if you think that I'm believing. It's the season of reason, y'all be ceasing the research. I'm receiving the meaning, that shit's called teamwork. It's not so much as so little as to do with what everything is. But it is within our self-interest to understand the topography of our lives unto ourselves. The future states that there is no time other than the collapsation of that sensation of the mirror of the memories in which we are living. 
common knowledge, but important nonetheless. Channel Spaces.